You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Today I'm going to talk about the Christian family. Our culture is steeped in moral apathy. It's pulling at us, constantly giving us the message that we are to put ourselves first. Our own individual happiness should be over that of others. It sounds reasonable, but it's not biblical. The Bible tells us that blessed is the man who keeps his faith in the Lord. Blessed refers also to happiness. And if you want to be happy, then focus upon the Lord and do what the Word of God says, and you will truly be blessed, you will truly be happy. It it refers to... Uh, blessed also refers to divine aid and protection. And if you are under God's divine aid and protection, you are going to be happy as well. Amen? And so family is about love and commitment and, yes, even compromise. And uh, when we put God first, we allow our relationship with him to enlighten our relationship with our loved ones and with others. Uh, The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 tells us, Blessed are those, or happy are those, who trust in the Lord and who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. And so... This is where true happiness is. This is where we find the secret to truly being blessed, is when we focus in the Lord and put our faith and our confidence in him. As we move into an increasingly post-religious society, this message of me first will only become stronger But there are forces at work to undermine every foundation of Christianity. And this is an opportunity for the Christian family to really shine. The only way we will shine, the only way we will be different is if we adhere to the word of God, listen to what God says, and follow his principles, live by the principles of his word. We will be different in this world if we will do that, and people will want to know what makes you tick. What's different about you than everyone else around me? And you will be able to tell them without a shadow of a doubt, it is because you have put God first in your life, because you have allowed the principles of his word to be the principles that you live by in everyday living. 
to show the world how good and how loving God is true love and unity of our family. This applies equally to our church family. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, Paul compares family life to Christ and the church. How we treat our wives and our, and our husbands, how we treat our children, how we treat our parents is the same way we treat one another within the family of God because the church is also the family of God. Romans 15 is a continuation from the previous chapter. <clears throat> and so the, uh, what we're going to be uh, studying today is from Romans chapter 15. Uh, you know that I was doing a, a series on Romans for about a year uh, before I had the heart attack and then I was laid up for a while. And uh, so these are, this is one of the messages that are left over. I had two messages left to fill. Didn't know if I would ever fill those, but God, God had a plan. And so uh, this is one of the messages that I had left over that I, I felt uh, was time to do. You know, it's amazing. I have about 20 messages that I have never preached that I do up from time to time, and, I, and I'm always adding a, a new message and that. And so, but with all of those messages, this is the one. I, I look at the others and just don't fit. It's just not right. This is the one that God wanted for today. And God knew that every one of us that are here would be here. And so uh, I trust that the Holy Spirit will make, make this real to our hearts. When Christians unite in the Lord's work, we get the job done. And uh, when we try in our own strength and our own smarts, we usually mess things up. We, we, we get ahead of God or we don't do what he wants us to do and, and we do it in our own way and we think because a church down the street is doing this and it's working, then it'll work for us or a church in the USA somewhere or one of our favorite evangelists is doing it, then if we did it here, that's the, that, that would be the key to getting revival in this church. Not necessarily. Maybe it could be the case but not necessarily. God has a plan for us where we are at. And God has a plan for this congregation because God put us together. If he, if he, did, if he didn't want us together, we wouldn't be together in this church. You would be in the Baptist church or the Alliance church or, or, uh, or the Victory church. You would be in one of the other churches in town, but God brought you to this church. And so you are a part of the family of God, and as the family of God, we work together in this church to see God's kingdom come and his will be done in our lives and in this church and in this community. So those culturally and spiritually different uh, of, uh, from, the, uh, from the church that Paul was speaking to, uh, which Paul addressed, uh, there was some, uh, the, uh, it, 
because they were culturally different and, and, uh, and spiritually different. And basically, it was Jew and Gentile that had become Christians, and now they were in the church. And uh, this was, was starting to uh, bring about some dissension in the church. Uh, Jews and Gentile believers found themselves together in the local church, and uh, it was a big deal in the early Christian church, both culturally and, and religiously. The challenge was to treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. There were some were there who were saying, those Gentiles, you know, they should be circumcised in order to be a part of God's family. And then the, the other part was saying, you know, like, uh, they, they do things differently than us. You know, and, uh, and so uh, it was causing dissension. And Paul uh, says to them, who are you to judge another one's servant? You don't go into another household and tell someone's servants what to do. We are in God's household. And so we don't judge God's servants. We are all God's servants. God deals with me as I need to be dealt with. And God deals with you as you need to be dealt with. And contrary to popular demand, the pastor don't tell you what to do. You see... We preach the word of God and we let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And the word of God that is spoken by me today may not even touch some of you. But maybe a month or two months down the road, Pastor Mark would preach the same message from the same chapter and something will spark in your heart and you will never be the same again. I have had many times in my ministry where we've brought in a special speaker. And at the end of the service, people came to me, oh, wasn't that wonderful? That was great. I never heard that before. And I wouldn't say to them, but I think, you dummy. I've <laughs> preached that to you a dozen times, and you didn't hear it. But we are, every one of us are you. God created us in a special way. And God knows what's going on in your life. And when you come to church, whether you're in this one or another one, expect to hear something from the Holy Spirit. Not from the man or the woman that's speaking, but from the Holy Spirit that will touch your heart and help you to grow in Christ, to be a better husband, a better wife, a better son, a better daughter, a better Christian. I know I'm going to be long today because I'm just getting started here. Every believer is the Lord's servant. So now Paul turns to the reality of our hope in Christ. And so my first point is, we are a family of hope. 
We've got a hope. We've got something to live for. We, we don't stand on the promises of the, of the government of Canada. We stand on the promises of God. If you've lost your job this week, you're not trusting in the resources of that company that you worked for. You're trusting in God. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our son, two weeks ago, just about three weeks ago now, lost his job. It's not a good time to lose your job. And when my son or one of my, one of my children or one of my grandchildren is, is affected by something like this, it affects me just as if I had lost mine. But our hope is in him. And we're praying now, Lord, I, I trust that the job that he had is going to be nothing compared to the job that he's going to get. So we're believing God for a miracle. I'll let you know when it happens. It's going to happen, that's for sure. I'll let you know when it happens. Our hope in Christ should draw us together, not divide us. Paul's exhortation here is, if you are strong, show some consideration to the weak. So Romans 15, 1 to 3 says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scripture says, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Our attitude should be Jesus first, others, and then me. It's, it's hard to do in the flesh. But once you've had a change in your life by the power of God, it's not hard to do. God gives you the grace to be the man and woman that he has called you to be. A self-serving attitude is not a biblical concept. It's a concept of the world. And it is meant to destroy you, to bring you down, to make you hard, hard-hearted and uncaring. It's a non-Christian attitude. All Paul is saying here is that we should follow our Lord's example. We base our faith, our hope, and our unity upon the word of God. In Romans 15, verses 4 to 6, we'll carry on here. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement. That's where our hope and encouragement comes from. It's from the word of God, from the Bible. Our scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. Have some of the promises that you are standing on not been fulfilled yet? We're waiting patiently for those promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives you 
this patience and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with others as is fitting for followers of Christ. It is fitting for followers of Christ to live in unity or harmony. It says, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to what promise is he referring to? I can think of nothing better than Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. There is nothing that is impossible when I go in the name of God, when I believe the word of God and I stand upon the promises of God. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin. Oh, there are people, if you could meet up with them, that knew me in my younger days. They could tell you some fancy stories about me. But the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me from all sin. Everything is under the blood of Jesus. I've got a clean slate today, and I keep that slate clean by asking God to forgive me over and over and over again. Not for all of the things that I did in the past, but the things that I do today. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive my attitude. Lord, forgive the way that I'm thinking. Lord, prove me wrong today. Lord, these things that I've been thinking, prove me wrong. Show me by the power of your Holy Spirit that you're bigger than that, that you can overcome that in my life and in my brother's life in the name of Jesus. The word of God applied and lived out in me renews my mind on a daily basis. This in turn transforms my life and my lifestyle. So now I can truly live and act as a new person. And this makes Romans 15, 5 to 6 that I just read really meaningful to me because I realize that the hope that I have, the encouragement that I have as I wait patiently for those promises to be fulfilled in my life and in my family's life and in the lives of some of you in the congregation encourages me and helps me. And as we as a family of God, rejoice when someone rejoices and weep when someone is weeping. We become closer and closer together because we realize that we matter to God and we matter to each other. God's people need to put away foolish pride and, and see each other as brothers and sisters. We have one Father. One Savior, one Holy Spirit. We're led by that Holy Spirit, and we are all saved by grace, and our hope is in Christ alone. 
We have all of these in common as we've gathered together in this room today. And praise the Lord. This truth applies to families and to church congregations alike. Romans 15 verses 7 to 12. We'll carry on with that scriptures here. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Isn't that awesome? God says, now God don't tell us to do anything we can't do. He says, accept each other as Christ has accepted you. So that God will be given glory. That's when God gets the glory. When people realize how close-knit we are as a family of God, that brings glory to God. Because only God can do that. In the natural, we can't do that. In the natural, we can look at the faults of others. But in the spirit, we overlook all of these things. If you're led by your own carnal nature, you will see all that is wrong with the church, all that is wrong with the leadership, all that is wrong with the pastors. But in the spirit, you see someone who has been saved by the grace of God. And each one of us is brought to one divine level. We are part of the family of God. We are God's children. And God loves us all the same. Even if you don't, can't, don't think very much of somebody, God loves that person. Each one of us is God's child. And Jesus died for each one of us. He shed his blood for us. Hallelujah. The Bible is filled with reasons to hope in him. But it's closely, it's closely linked to unity. Paul reinforces this with this beautiful benediction in verse 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Seeing as how we are blessed with hope, joy and peace and faith and power in the Holy Spirit. How can we not live in unity with one another? So we are a family of hope, but we are also a family of encouragement. We are not only encouraged by the word of God, but we encourage one another. And I want you to know that when we ask someone to give a testimony like Becky did this morning, that is for your encouragement. When Becky spoke that word, that encouraged a lot of people. When somebody speaks a word and gives a testimony of what God means to them and what God is doing in their life or how God is, is helping them as they came probably into this church. Some people for the very first time being in church and God blessed their heart. That's an encouragement to each one of us. This has been Paul's mentoring style throughout his ministry to encourage 
His words are meant here to encourage and to be a gentle reminder. Verses 14 and 15 of Romans 15, he says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know some? I'm fully convinced that you guys are full of goodness. Every man, woman, boy, and girl who have accepted Jesus Christ into their life has been changed by the power of God. And the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart just as he has in mine. So based upon that, I can say with confidence, you are full of goodness. Don't let the old man arise within you because there's nothing good in that old man. But the man that Jesus Christ has created in you, the woman that Jesus Christ has created in you, is a new man, a new person. The old things are passed away and everything has become new in, in you because of what Christ has done in your heart. And you are full of goodness. And when the devil starts to remind you of some of the things that you did in the past, or as some people say, the skeletons that are in your closet, you say, devil, you're a liar. That was the old man. But there's a new man in me. There's a new person living in me. I've been changed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sin. I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. Don't let anyone tell you any different. There are some medications that I'm going to have to get out of, off of because my mouth's always dry when I'm speaking and it's not good. Well, Encouragement improves our attitude. We never feel worse when someone encourages, right? Anyone ever feel worse after you've been encouraged? No, of course not. Encouragement makes us feel better, puts a, a spring in our step and, and a smile on our face. When our attitude is better, we are healthier, we are happier, and we are more productive. So encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I am so glad that you all came today. It would be terrible if only Effie and I came and <laughs> Mark and Rhea. <laughs> it's much better preaching to a crowd than it is to a handful. I thank you for coming. I, I appreciate your attendance and your commitment to this church. There are so many practical ways that we can give encouragement. Let the Lord just direct you as to what is appropriate for each situation. And we can all do this. Speaking, just sharing how you feel, sharing a thank you. Sometimes, 
Some of us are better at writing than speaking. Writing a note of encouragement. Just being there, just being present in a time when someone is going through a difficult time. Financial situation, the loss of a loved one, a separation, a divorce. Just touching someone gently, saying, here, I'm with you. You can count on me. Helping them in some way, some practical way that you can help. Sometimes it's doing something for someone. Sometimes it may be paying for their groceries as they come up to the till. Giving. Hospitality. And of course, praying for them. It's an awesome, it's an awesome way that God has given us all of these abilities to be able to pour into someone else's life. This will work for a family member, friends, neighbors, strangers, and church. Do you know something? My time is gone this morning, and I'm just going to skip right here. They, our family, we're a family of hope, and we're a family of encouragement, but we are also a local church family. We're a family here. We're the family of God. We often refer to ourselves <coughs> at, here at Kole Community Church as a family. We're a part of the family of God. The Bible uses the idea of family to describe believers in, in Christ Jesus. The same basic elements required to hold a family together in the home are required for this church family. These are love and respect and commitment, grace to overlook the faults of one another, healthy conflict resolution, communication, encouragement, humility, the willingness to admit that we're wrong when we are wrong, and to apologize when we need to apologize for offenses and forgiveness when we're asked to forgive. When another family member hurts you with words or attitudes or actions, forgive them. Even before you have a chance to forgive them, forgive them in your heart. Forgive them before God. And say, Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to approach that person and let them know that you forgive them. Paul reinforces this in writing to the Colossian Christians in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. Since God chose you to be a holy people, he loves you. He loves you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's... Uh, uh, where am I? Make allowance, yes. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you so you must forgive 
others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds all of us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Isn't it awesome how God in his word counsels us to be a family in the church and in the home? And I'm going to skip some others, all the, the other scriptures and uh, just want to say in conclusion, these are things that make for a healthy church family, and they apply equally to the Christian family as well. When we apply these principles, we will be an effective witness for Christ to our family and friends and the community that we are the real deal. And he has given us the grace to be the kind of people that Romans talks about here. Our Lord's expectations of his family is that we would be working together for the expansion of his kingdom. God don't want us to maintain. He wants us to keep growing, to keep adding to the church those that are being saved. Christians love the Lord. They love one another. And their hope is in Christ. It's because we have something in common that's not always spoken out. But we know we have these things in common. And that's why we come into this place. There's a song that we used to sing one time, and I don't know if I find it on my phone right now. I had it keyed up. Here it is. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint ears with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I am part of the family, the family of God. We don't say it very often now, but uh, the fact that we don't say it doesn't mean that is not true. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family, and these folks are so near, dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tear and join in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. 
Are you glad you're a part of the family of God? But never forget, it's not just this group here, right? We're part of the family of God with the Baptist, with the Alliance, with the United, with the Anglican, with the Victory Church, the uh, Lutheran Church, and the Catholic Church. Don't ever make the mistake to say that everybody in the Catholic Church are not Christians. That would be a terrible thing. That's a thing of the past. We are more enlightened than that today. But we want everyone to experience the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.